Hey guys, welcome back to the Skullcast for our next episode review of the new Berserk 2016 anime. I am fresh from watching it. I have not made any notes or uh, things to say about the episode, so I'm going in very blind to this recording, so apologize for that in advance. Um, but here we are, me and Azeel are here, and the most interesting thing about this episode kind of going into it was, of course, Miura's alleged involvement in the production of it. This was supposedly the episode that he wrote entirely by himself and was supposedly a new scenario. Of course, we knew it wasn't an entirely new scenario because he's kind of taking elements of what actually happens in Volume 17 and kind of weaving it with this new environment, the mansion. But um, before I get into what I absolutely hated about this, I wanted to say there were a few moments where I was like, you can, t you can absolutely tell that Mira was required for this because it did deviate so much and it was interesting to see the things he brought to the table like there were some kind of conflated events from what we've seen with the previous apostles like the way he kind of finishes them finishes them off is very similar to the cobra or snake uh, baron and you know i i really liked the idea of having a, a relatively a new apostle <laughs> yes a new, totally totally old design but a new scenario for the apostle a new sacrifice relationship i like that that whole idea of it i thought the execution was terrible and uh, the direction for most of this episode was just, oh boy, uh, more than any other episode so far in this series, I think it's very clear we're dealing with people that don't know what to do with the camera, with the editing, with the timing, with the sound effects. Everything that goes into a production, they're making all the wrong decisions and to heighten the emotion or heighten the atmosphere or the coolness of any scene. They're just going in the opposite direction. You know, uh, actually, was talking to Button Masher uh, earlier in the in the chat, and he mentioned something which I think makes a lot of sense: is that the editing and the direction is made around the fact they can't show some type of content, so they are basically always cutting scenes to avoid showing things, and that completely fucks up the pacing. And I think when you think back to the fact that when the episode transforms, for example, you don't actually see the transformation or stuff like that. Yeah. It's, you know, I think it explains, like, partly uh, why this sucks so much on, on that front. Although I totally agree that they're obviously uh, completely inexperienced. Yeah. I guess what you're saying is, like, they're limited in terms of their ability and maybe even their budget in terms of showing complex things like the transformation? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay. Whenever okay. there's, a, you know, like an action scene or something like that, instead of focusing on the cool action shots, they actually cut it mm -hmm. and, you know, show some things that's less good because they can't animate it. I don't know if they just can't do it in terms of skill or budget or whatever, but in any case, they don't show that. And... Yeah, so that obviously reflects negatively on the result. The inability to, to portray certain things uh, well, and so they just don't do it. Do you think that also applies for nipples? Oh, that's a, a simple matter of, I think, they couldn't show it on TV if uh, the nipples mm. was there. It's a uh, censorship. Okay, okay. You know, it didn't bother me at all the previous time, a previous episode, when that was their solution for that. But the fact that... Farnese's boobs are literally in the front of the camera for, I don't know, half the episode. Yeah. It was really just, like, off-putting. And I'm not saying, ooh, it'd be so much better if I could see her nips. It's more like it was just distracting how weird it was. Yeah, I think even her chest, like, in some scenes, her chest looked weird. Yeah. I don't know. It just it didn't look natural. So, 
I don't know yeah. why is that he didn't like she could have found an old shirt and Gus could have you know thrown thrown it to her to put on or whatever I mean it's weird yeah I, I didn't want to spend too much time on that little thing I was just thought it was very strange particularly given all the uh breasts that are shown in this episode but it was just weird but yeah anyway again what i really liked about this episode was figuring out this apostle you you were given a scenario serpico kind of gives a background on this area and immediately i was like okay i can i can sort of sense the mira-ness to this episode you know this is the council land it's been abandoned for five years people that have come here have disappeared pretty clear where they're going with it well and i was excited for a moment i thought that was kind of neat and figuring out who the sacrifice was, who the apostles' role, apostles' role would be. Oh, that was pretty cool. I had a very confusing experience with this episode. Whereas when I watched it, I paused it to take notes often, and I guess like my opinion of it is that it's fucking garbage, like all of it. <laughs> and you know, I, I had to rewatch it because I, I wasn't sure of my opinion, like whether I was biased or not. You know objective or whatever and upon watching it the most interesting part to me uh, is how much Mira was actually involved in this so he's credited with original story uh, same thing as with the first episode and just like for the first episode I have like I can see you know some parts where he definitely uh, had a hand in it like uh, the alternate story of the boar apostle who's mm-hmm. not really a, even a boar anymore. Yeah, uh, he's a dog guy. Yeah, he's now a dog apostle. So, yeah, yeah I can, that kind of stuff uh, is obviously from Mura, but even then, you know, I mean, to me it sounds like he mostly recycled stuff from all the parts of the manga. And sure. Even the storyline with the girl kind of reminded me of Balzac and his you know, wife from the Dreamcast game, so... Yeah. Was the noble woman his sacrifice? Uh, actually, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> See, it does. That's that's where I thought I was clearly going, with her being at the top of yeah, the mantle and I him mean, talking about her. And then it shows him. The flashback shows him like slicing her in half. Yeah. Because yeah, he's not even sure. I, he actually he shows her uh, the handkerchief she'd given. Yeah. And there's his blood on it, and she's afraid. Like I don't I don't know why or whatever, and he's got the beret on him. And then we see a But big then he's got a sword in his hand. Yeah, uh, it's more like a knife and he's uh, okay. obviously about to like, I don't know, eat her, you know, like <laughs> instead of eating her like an apostle, you know, he, like he cuts her and uh, in pieces to eat her, which is again kind of weird. Like the whole meat part of the episode was Oh boy. That's the highlight. That was that was my highlight for the episode was yeah, that scene with him and Guts when Guts is just like, "Hey, Sure, you're chewing on like a valuable artery to my leg and just gnawing on me for a bit, but you know what? Meat Chat Podcast, let's go. Yeah. What do you know about the qualities and types of meat? How do you like your steak cooked? I like meat to be lean. Uh, Guts is like, oh, well, you know, I'm actually not very flavorful meat. You probably wouldn't enjoy me. And these kind of quips like happen in the manga, but they happen in little paneled exchanges. Yeah. They wouldn't happen in this kind of scenario. Guts would have just blown the guy's head off like a minute or three <laughs> before this happened. So there's there are so many things that bother me with his episode. The first part, like if we talk about Guts first, why is Guts always like so far, if I'm a new viewer, Guts is kinda lame. Like mm-hmm. in the first episode he gets uh beaten up by the tree and he just succeeds at the last moment. Then second episode he gets 
vanquished by the, the guys, you know. Uh, by a stick. Yeah, by a stick. And even then, he's in trouble uh, against the knights. And then in this one, he gets immediately overwhelmed by the apostle. And the guy actually, like, if an apostle, you know, munched on his leg like that, uh, it's, it's just like Volkov, you know. I think his leg would be just off. Yeah. So... You know, that bothered me. And then there's the stuff with the girl, and even the fact she's mounted on the wall and stuff like that. I mean, does this guy look like a taxidermist to you? I don't think he's yeah. got many skills, you know? Like, taxidermy is <laughs> actually a very complicated thing for animals and for humans. I can't even imagine. It must be, like, probably impossible. I mean, I hope. <laughs> I was totally fine with that little detail of it. I thought it was kind of neat. I don't know. It's just little stuff, but it's not very, it's not very believable to me. And... Hmm. I don't know. There's a just a bunch of stuff like that in the episode that just buzzed me, you know. Yeah. Again, I thought the most interesting and entertaining aspect of this was kind of figuring it out, seeing a new scenario, a new environment, a new little story Mirror brought to the table, even if indeed it was kind of a regurgitation of various Apostle Counters guts has had over the years, kind of conflated all into one. But, you know, the high-level threats they're throwing at guts so far are the ones that are basically cannon fodder for him. Like, the tree wasn't never really a threat to Guts. They make it a threat here yeah. for plot reasons, and he didn't be injured for the Holy Iron Chain Knights fight. I get that. And here, this apostle in the manga literally exists to showcase why the Dragon Slayer is effective against apostles, why it's more effective than a standard weapon. And they try to, like, ramrod, they create, they kind of create a backstory for him to, for it to, to work out. But the apostle, the way he at- attacks Guts... I don't think it. I don't think it accurately kind of showcases why apostles are threats. Like, yeah, he's big here, but he's not necessarily like super fast or threatening. He just happens to catch Guts' leg in his mouth. Like, it, it wasn't really much of a fight. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, it was as a. Again, I mean, we are back to the fact they can't animate shit, and yeah, uh, I, I'm again wondering like how how big Mira's involvement was in that because you know, like. This is pretty lame. Like, the fight is lame. The backstory, okay, you know, I get it. So, you know, to me, I'm just, I guess I'm kind of, you know, obsessed with that. But I, I can't even just picture him giving them some pointers on what parts to recycle and uh, coming up with the alternate story uh, of the Apostle and stuff like that and telling them what dialogue to reuse. But, like, I, I, I mean, that's it. I can't see more than that because the result is still pretty bad for what it is. I mean, my opinion. And like you said, like this doesn't show, it, it ties up with what I was saying earlier, is Guts doesn't look badass at all. He looks pretty lame. And the episode itself is not that impressive or anything like that. Yeah. And like, I get reusing a design because pretty, you know, basically Mura was not going to create a new design just for that. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. So he, I don't know if he decided to reuse that one or whatever, but it's just... Yeah, it's, I, I guess it's kind of confusing. Why use this guy and make him into more than he was? Also, why give him that old man voice? I mean, he never... Oh, man, that voice acting was all over the place in this episode, yeah. too. Between this guy and the horse? Oh, my God, I wanted to throw my headphones off. The, the horse, you know, when they showed the horse, uh, mostly I was fine with it. It was a bit too long. Like Yes, it goes on, a, it overstays its welcome. Yeah, just long enough, like just a few seconds long enough to be awkward, but mostly the voice acting was terrible. I mean, the guy yeah. trying to 
imitate horse sounds like that. that Ooh, was wow, that was I was laughing my ass off at that part. Just gross, but otherwise, you know, it did the job. Like I think they could have got done a, a much worse job of that. But yeah, the voice acting actually Serpico's voice also annoys me. Yeah, me too. I don't know why, but he's the thing is with Serpico is he's he's playing at being a simpleton when mm. clearly he's not. Whereas I'm not sure that memo got to the voice actor. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. The guy doesn't doesn't you know I mean just doesn't work so he doesn't give that depth to serpico that his character has between every little you know almost almost everything he says that's not a joke yeah you can tell there's more to him than acting the simpleton acting like an average guy before we get too hung up on the voice acting there were a couple times this episode as you know i was having some audio issues before and so you know while i was in there uh messing with my audio settings you know crunchyroll plays at a flash player in the browser Mm -hmm. and one of the fixes for the audio problems was check your audio settings within the flash thing. I did that. And uh, while I was in there, I noticed there was a, a hardware acceleration button checked on my flash player. Yeah. And I, I, just, I made a mental note of it so that when I was watching the episode and I was noticing that the fights looked like they were going at like six or seven frames per second, like really choppy all over the place. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I must be, I must have a setting wrong. And so I went in and unchecked hardware acceleration. If there's a conflict and I rewatched the fight, like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> it's it's just shitty. It's nothing. <laughs> it's not, I can't go into video options and fix this. It's just shit. The problem is a guy who, like, uh, rendered the scene has a problem with his own, you know, auto acceleration. Uh, probably. No, no, he's watching porn in the background <laughs> while he's trying to render the scenes. So, you know, anyway, I mean, what did you think? Like, do, do you think, I mean... Still, I'm still hooked up on that uh, or hang hang on that Mura stuff. So I I just want to get it down. But okay, sure. The way I picture it is Mura recycling elements of his manga and types them together in a coherent way, uh, and that's it. You know, I I think that's pretty much what his job was. And and I don't think because when you heard when we heard the guy, the producer from NBC Universal, who I'm not sure exactly. Uh, produced anything but when he, we heard what he was saying you know he you know between like several people asked him about Mira and from between what uh, Hitoshira one of our members said and what he said in the interview with the woman and in the Q&A like there were slight variations that made me think that you know he wasn't necessarily you know like when he said Mira was involved with Top, top to bottom. That's the phrase, yeah. So th- that's obviously bullshit. Like, I mean, it's clear because he says, oh, you know, the scripts and the, and the voice acting. Every single voice recording. Yeah. So maybe he went at voice recordings. Like, It sounds like something you'd say if you wanted to cover your ass and you didn't actually know. Yeah. And you wanted it to sound as good as possible. <laughs> you would say, oh, well, absolutely. He was there for everything. Everything, everything, everything. We're all good. Everything is perfect, guys. Don't worry. Yeah, pretty much. And he said that he'd wrote, like, he'd written the whole episode three. But uh, I think it's pretty clear from his credits. Uh, he created for original story. So I think it just means that... Uh, he came up with the parts that are not in the manga, that they are not adapting. But mm-hmm. yeah, my point is, I don't think, like, I don't picture him having read his work for 15 years and, you know, being used to the kind of quality he produces. Like, this isn't it. To me, his involvement was not actually that. I can't believe he was that involved with it. I think he wrote, I don't know, like a, a synopsis of what this would be, of what dialogues they should use, of that kind of stuff. But I can't believe he went down over it like minute by minute and, you know, was over the guy's shoulders as they, 
you know, put the lines on the guys and stuff like that. So I haven't actually scripted everything I feel like out in my head for how this works. So if this doesn't make a lot of sense, then that's, that's how it is. But I feel like as I was watching this, there were times where I could like close my eyes almost and, and feel just looking at the words that were being said that it made sense on paper, that, that what he was doing sort of made sense. But I really do think, like I started this episode saying, I feel like the visuals and the editing and the sound effects, and if you layer all that on top of it, it makes what's being shown shitty, regardless of whatever the script is. Yeah. And I feel like Mira's, in terms of like the, the extent of his involvement, I don't think we're ever going to know that. I think the most we're going to ever get is whatever Rio Carosa said at the, at the convention. That's probably it. But... I do think Mira probably did write this little slice of the of the story, and I actually probably feel like he hasn't done this kind of thing for a while. He might have even like enjoyed it, you know. And so, part of me is sort of positive on that. Like it was nice that he was able to do this, but the end result still sucks on the whole. That being said, again, I I liked the unique scenario. I thought it was kind of neat just from a script storytelling aspect. It was almost like you were getting one of the other missing apostle. Uh, kills that uh, Guts may have done. Obviously, this is not that. This is a unique creation for the animation. But there was, in the back of my mind, like, this is cool because we're seeing another Apostle kill that we've never seen before. That kind of thing. Well, I guess another way for me to say it is I can't believe Mira spent more than an hour walking on this. You know, I agree. Like, I, I feel like if he, if he wanted to invest his complete hmm. attentions to it, he would not have recycled so many elements. Yeah, because, you know, like... I guess, and I guess maybe that's actually the point uh, I'm, I'm making. Like, that's the real point. And because you said you were a bit still sorting things out, and it's the same for me. And, uh, yeah, basically, like, you know, I'm, I'm sure Mira worked on this. There's no doubt in my mind. But my point is just to what extent. And, yeah, just seeing that kind of stuff, the storylines, the, the things like that, you can feel his touch on some mm-hmm. elements. But, yeah, I can't believe he spent, like, he actually walked on this for a long time. To me, something he just banged out, like I said, in under an hour, because, I don't know, he doesn't sound like something he spent a long time on, and that's just, yeah, that's just my feeling, is that he was not very deeply involved in the creation. Well, I, I don't think, I don't think that even needs to be, like, underscored or stressed, like, it's it's pretty obvious, because what he brought to the table really was about maybe six minutes worth of content, you know, like in terms of the script of what actually the action on scene that happens, if you, if you really minimize it down to what he actually brought that was new, it's really not much. It's the, it's the background on the environment. It's the relationship between the apostle and the sacrifice. And that's it. Yeah, it's true. Really. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really it's true that when you cut down the scenes that were transposed from a place to another, mm-hmm. it's actually, yeah, really not a lot of stuff. And since so much was recycled, like obviously the design of the apostle himself. And, uh, but also like the scene where he's killed, which is taken from the snake baron, as you yep. mentioned. So, and after that, the, the, all the real the stuff we find and stuff. So yeah, it's, uh, it's true. It's actually, now I think about it really not a lot. <clears throat> yeah. It's pretty, pretty small, pretty small segments. So, you know, to go back to things like many of the things that bothered me. Okay. So the dragon slayer makes fucking clang sounds when he's <laughs> hitting ghosts. <laughs> So, you know, like fucking uh, yeah. a ghost, I, like I, a, a ghost, it's a ghost, you go through the ghost, 
But you, so this it should make a sound effect. It should not go clang. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just and actually they're, 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 com- they're composed of of shadows and darkness. Yeah, I mean there's a part in that, and you know, I mean, what, what, it would be great if we actually got uh, how to say later on a description from Isidro where he says it feels like uh, going through water. You know, when, when <laughs> yeah. he hits them or something like that, and then they make the, still the clang sounds, and you're like, dudes, you fucking retarded. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, the ghost and the worst part is actually at one point, uh, I think the first time Guts, uh, kills the dogs, there's one point where it doesn't make the clank sound effects. And like mm. for a brief second, I was like, oh, that's it. This stops. Now it's not gonna happen anymore. And then he hits another dog and clang. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> fuck you. Speaking of the dogs, at the very end, as they uh, survey the uh, guts, is surveying the wreckage in the morning of the the deceased dogs. They're still possessed. They still have the possessed human features on them. Yeah, of course, but you know they're supposed to revert to normal yeah, dogs after the yeah, possession leaves them. Yeah, it's one of the many things that just you know, like oh god, and also like he says about uh, Serpico, they translated it as "what a joker." But mm-hmm. that's not, yeah, I don't think that's a very good translation for that line. But in any case, like in the original, we survey the dead dogs and it's understood that Guts has killed them. But yeah. in this one, because Serpico is covered in blood, it's implied he fought the dogs as well. So Of course, this impl- he fought them all. Yeah, so this implies Serpico actually killed like those dogs. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, like there's a few parts in the episodes that are confusing. I think that's one of them. Another one is when uh, the Apostle is... Uh, smelling Farnese, so he's right behind her, and uh, you know yeah. there's a focus on his mouth, and he's talking to Guts about the fact uh, he was at the eclipse. You know, it's a reference to the eclipse. Well, he, he he transitions in a really confusing way. He's talking about Farnese, about how her unique taste, because she's a noble woman, will be great. Yeah, and then he immediately transitions to talking about Guts, and it's not it's confusing until you realize he's talking about oh the eclipse. Yeah, and the, That's and what the problem about. is like for a new reader, the guy is absolutely yeah. not going to understand. He's talking about Guts. They're still Absolutely. going to think he's still talking to Farnese. And that's the kind of stuff, I mean, that's really yeah. amateurish. And, you know, that's that's also, you know, stuff that passes at me. Also, uh, that's more of a Crunchyroll problem, but they translate it, you'll say, as uh, Fey instead of mm-hmm. Elves, which is like, I mean, I can understand they stick to the darker stuff for uh, things like uh, Hulk or Tudor. They translate as uh, Tudor, which is fucking retarded. But, you know, elves, I mean, you know, Dacos says elves, so they could, you know, I don't know, they should have, they should fix that. Yeah, it was weird. I don't really have an explanation <laughs> for why they would have done that, but they... Well, it's because uh, Yosei is a generic word for fairies and that kind of stuff, so, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, but the problem is in the manga, you know, there's a katakana for elf, so yeah. it tells you that's how it's supposed to be said. Can't wait for Fehelm. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, that, I mean, that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah, we've only really talked about the first two-thirds of the episode, the last third. Well, not, not let's go back. The episode ends with a dramatic duel between guts and credits. Oh, yeah, I mean... What the hell? Well, that's a classic anime thing. They didn't have enough time, so they put content during the credits, and... There's like 10 minutes or so. It feels like 10 minutes, like after the credits roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, I think it's seven minutes, but it's, it's still oh, a It feels lot. like a long time. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's just weird. I, I thought it was stupid. Yeah, I also, just, I mean, there are a couple things they just really didn't nail. There were two timing things mm. that just bugged the hell out of me, and that was the way Guts dispatches the horse. Mm. 
the way the, in the manga, it's so cool how quickly he does it. Yeah. Like he sees it, he has that immediate vision, and before you even see the swing, the horse's head is already off. Yeah, you know, and here it it, it does that on paper, but the 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 pause between seeing him, his memory, seeing guts, remembering the same memory, and then him actually decapitating the horse, like it, the the I don't know, it really felt off to me. Like the speediness of the execution wasn't there. Yeah, I saw like the, the intensity. Of the moment was lost. <laughs> Again, it's because they can't. Like, I don't know, they probably couldn't animate something or whatever, so they just cut it, and it didn't it didn't really bother me, except I felt they spent too long of a time where Guts is, like, I don't know, slowly drawing the sword or sinking, and you hear the horse, you know, voice actor doing uh, those kind of retarded noises. So yeah. I felt, yeah, it felt off, but the one thing, as far as the pacing goes, that bothered me uh, is... Uh, when Guts and Seppiko draw against each other because... That was the other one. That was my number two. Yeah, my... like the manga is really cool and Guts is turning around then Seppiko mm-hmm. attacks him like from the back and Guts turns and immediately and you know, you see Seppiko jump. You know, like it implies that Guts is uh, superior to him because of how they did it but that Seppiko still managed to scratch him and that kind of stuff. But here it's not really. Uh, I don't feel like it's the scene conveys it very well. It's like they're still facing each other. Like yeah. it's an old west draw, and they just drew, and then they walked away. Like it's a totally different yeah. kind of yeah, like it, relationship. It, it makes it, first. It makes no sense. Like the way it's done, it's it's also second pretty lame, and yeah, it's just like the dynamic of the scene is completely lost. So it's. Uh, I wouldn't say. Yeah, I actually will say the scene is ruined. Yeah, Guts really doesn't come across as a cool guy throughout any of these animations. I know, I think Puella was the first one to kind of bring that up, about that they're not really nailing Guts' personality. Yeah. And it becomes more and more true the more that I see their their version of Guts. He's just not the cool guy that he is in this animation. He's just some kind of thinner, wafier version of himself, basically. Yeah, it's, it's just... Weird. Yeah, no, it's, it's weird. And he's more... I don't know, he's less complex and stuff like that. I also saw the fight against the boar itself or the dog apostle now. Uh, <laughs> I like how you're changing the canon version of that apostle. Yeah, I mean, what, you know? So, yeah, I mean, the fight against that apostle. Let's just call him the apostle. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, I thought it was pretty pretty shitty. I mean, Guts stuck the Dragon Slayer in some wooden <laughs> beam and he's just like, oh, <laughs> what happened there? I'm stuck! Uh, God, I can't! So, yeah, I mean, Gus is supposed to be able to go through, you know, stone pillars with the Dragon Slayer, but, like, this wooden beam, oh, God, it just... It's the it's the Dreamcast version of Guts. He can't do horizontal swings yeah. when there's an environment <laughs> around him. Pretty much, yeah. So, oh, there's one part that made me laugh also, is when the dogs are bursting through the mansion's door, and, mm-hmm. you know, I was hearing in my head, uh, stop, Jill, don't open that door! I was really, I swear, it was ringing in my head. Wow, what a mansion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope this isn't Chris's blood. <laughs> so, you know, that's just, you know, anyway. So, wow. yeah, and after that, the way he, like, there's a point where he's stabbing the apostle from, uh, like, below. And it looks like mm-hmm. he's actually lifting him on the sword. <laughs> and it's just like, wow, like, what the fuck. And... I don't know, the whole thing, the way he cuts him down, the way he chews on his leg. Uh, so just, you know, I don't that know. was the low point of the episode. And honestly, I think I told you uh, that I was I was laughing. I was maniacally laughing as 
Guts and him were talking about meat for what felt like about maybe two minutes. Yeah. It's like he's ruining Guts' leg, just ruining it. And meanwhile, we, you know, while they do that, we see some kind of one second flashback of the eclipse and stuff like that. It's that's yeah. so short that unless you already know what they're going to show, you can't understand what's being showed. So it's just like pointless, I felt. So I didn't actually think about it until just now, but one of the other things in the manga that happens in this scenario is that uh, Puck gets a vision of the eclipse because of the emotions that Guts feel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I meant by the flashback. Yeah, yeah. That's actually that actually works here because Puck gets not only visions of the apostles' memories but also throws in some of Guts' memories as well. But I, I think it's probably pretty confusing for new readers yeah. or viewers to to distinguish those two things because it looks like what happens is. He picks up on the apostles' memories, and then it segues immediately to Guts' vision of Femto in the palm of the of the the God Hand, which is not exactly how it goes. But anyway, it was a little strange. Yeah, yeah it was weird, and mm, you know, there's also lines that buzzed me when the apostle says, "Humans who oppose us are just food." And mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, like uh, I didn't get that till just now. Wow, yeah. Humans who don't oppose him are friends, and you know, like he's just I'm, I'm eating only the guys who oppose me. The guys no, no. Who who are the humans that opposed them? Who are these people? Yeah, well, this group, this 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 very organized group of humans <laughs> yeah. that opposes the God Hand and the Apostles. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, no matter how you cut it, I saw this was retarded. Yeah. So yeah, and the thing, and then you know, he just when once he gets out of the mouth, just one one hit, and the thing is down. Oh, you know? yep. It's a simple stab, Boom, and dead. his leg is pretty much fine. Yeah, I'm just oh, yeah, it's just a flesh wound. So yeah, no big deal. No, that wasn't a big deal. Him chewing on my leg for two minutes while talking about delicious meat, nothing. But that little stab from the possessed tree, oh shit! I can't handle this fight against little knights. Yeah. So oh boy, man, I'm hating this episode more than I think about it. The more I think about it, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's again, that's only the first two thirds of the episode. The last third we get. The first, I guess it's the second part of Revelations in the manga. So I guess we're not going to get the Zod scene. I didn't really think we were anyway. Yeah. Um, well, I let's guess. let's just start with the, actually the beginning, which is the beginning of the first episode of Revelation, where we see the, you know, it's more like a narration about uh, the state the country's in. Yes, of course. Yeah. And I, I really uh, was disappointed with how they showed the visually amazing uh, section. Yeah. Was well, it just like the literally reproduced the panel he likes double page of the manga but of course with the shittiest artists they could find and the cheapest budget so it looks like like an amateur you know actually drew it and then the, it looks t- then, fucking terrible yeah and then it's shaky cam panning over various parts in like a kind of random pattern it's just like wow i mean seriously i was like even the 97 anime who you did that a lot for budget reasons, did a better job. Like, like what if you just... I'm, I'm not a director. I'm not a professional editor. But what if you just, like, to look at that two-page frame, I'm looking at it right now, and you just take the center of it, and then you slowly zoom out to see the full, like, craziness of it. Yeah. And that's how you do the dialogue. You don't just, like, pan and scan all, seemingly arbitrarily across it so that you don't even understand what the hell you're seeing until you zoom out to see the full thing. Yeah. That, I don't know. That was a really weird choice. Yeah, it's, it's just... I don't know. It was... Was pretty shitty. Yeah, and again, I don't know when they when they finally show the full page of that. It looks looks okay. It looks very similar, of course, to the manga. It probably even 
I don't know how they did it, but it looks so similar that I don't even know if, know if it's a composite of the manga page with filters on it. I can't really tell. But I think they uh, just they, one of the artists on board just uh, like, drew it over. Yeah, it. traced it or whatever. Like a tattoo <laughs> artist, basically. Yeah, I just did the same thing in Shitier. <laughs> yeah, so um, they also, of course, cut out any reference to the God Hand. Manipulating the world, of course, Conrad's appearance there, uh, where Raban is, is a pretty important part of understanding the God Hand behind the scenes. Yeah, but Raban, of that's removed. Is it Windham instead of Owen? Yes, because Raban, Raban ate Owen, and now it's just Raban. I've replaced him. Yeah, he's like Kirby. He ate Owen and he, <laughs> abs- he absorbed his role as the court guy. Yeah. So, yeah. what do you like? Uh, so, yeah, we see the king, you know, on mm-hmm. his deathbed, and people talking about stuff and that and the fate of the country, and then. Raban goes out and speaks with Foss, and what did you think of that? I there are two things I cannot imagine anyone who followed the animation, the ninety seven anime and the movies to get about this scene, and that is the king's obsession with Griffith. That just doesn't exist in animated form, but they're just going with it as if it makes sense. Yep, you know, it's- and that's okay. I, I guess if you're trying to stay true to the manga. That is the king's relationship with Griffith. It's not gone into in the detail that it is in the manga. You can't see him talking about being cold and all he wants is the warmth of his daughter's embrace and how Griffith took it out away. None of that. No time for that. It's just the king's dying. You know, but yeah, but that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of stupid, to be honest. Like, I mean, you you show that scene, but you don't show the actual dream of the Falcon of Light. That's mm-hmm. just, you know, I mean, they, they, yeah. they show Charlotte, they show Anna, they show that stuff. But not that, and you know, and they show force. I mean, uh, more power to them for sticking to the manga and you know ignoring the movies and stuff. But like, his scene wasn't important in comparison to that of the Falcon of Light's dream. So I'm not like I don't know. Maybe they thought it would yeah. be confusing. Uh, well, fuck. I don't. I don't really. I'm not trying to. I can't rationalize too mm. much. What they the decisions they made, a lot of them don't make a lot of sense. Uh, again, bravo for including Foss. He, he wasn't in the previous one, so this isn't even really Foss anymore. <laughs> uh, his 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 relationship with Griffith is, all, is also unique. So that when he made that line about Griffith, the, you know, the Falcon will return, that was an interesting line as well in the manga because of his previous relationship with Griffith. Yeah, but that's of course stripped out here. Yeah, for obvious reasons. It has um, no meaning. Yeah, yeah, it's just some bald guy. Sure. Um, yeah, and then I uh, go ahead. Sorry. And then we see the kid in Wyndham saying the mountain is moving because the cushions mm-hmm. are coming. And then we see the elephants as if they're standing literally on the city walls, which makes <laughs> no fucking sense. Like I don't know if you noticed, but I was like, what? The fuck? No, not really. Yeah, you see the elephants like really close up, so his eyes are like they're giants. Really? Yeah, I saw that much. Towering over the thing, or but it makes no sense at all. So I was like, you know, again, like it's again a scene that's stupid. Like they take the dialogue, the mountain is moving. Why? Because we see the army going down the mountain. They're not right. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, they're not right. Yeah, that's, the, the line no longer makes sense without that vision. Yeah, it's it's completely stupid. Yeah. Instead, they they are already like at the city's door. I don't know. It's completely stupid. Uh, yeah. In the episode preview, we uh, do see Casca, and Casca has the. The correct color skin, which is what I, I figured they would do with the different teams doing different stuff, basically, is what it seems like to me. But, you know, uh, it, you know it's, I, I got to point out that it's amazing 
how inconsistent this has got to be because in every flashback <laughs> she's got this death white uh, skin tone and then in the you know like normal thing she's just you know uh, normally dark skinned so that that's yeah. just you know very very weird even in the intro she got this super white skin so i don't know yeah memory casca is white actual casca is brown skin <sighs> yeah so yeah um we do go to Goto's house, which yeah. is great. I'm glad that yeah. team's going to be in there. I was really, really thinking there's no way they're going to include or that. Is it just but Rika's house? Yeah. <laughs> well, Goto's got a voice actor, so that's oh, confirmed. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, so now the question is, if that scene's in there, will the Beast of yeah, Darkness be in I, there? I, I think, I'm pretty sure even it will be introduced in the cave. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's 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 their last chance. Yeah, I mean, to, do that. <laughs> I, to me, like that's that seems to make sense. And mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it made makes sense. So I think it will happen. Okay. What do you think of uh, CG Mosgus? Uh, I I didn't I didn't get more than a one point five second look at him. Uh, it looked okay to me. His hat's a little smaller than I remember. That's all I really yeah remember from my, my brief glimpse. Yeah, you know, I think the like bright blue eyes bothered me. I don't mm. know. I, I wasn't a big fan, but we'll see. I don't think I've ever really considered his eye color before. Yeah, me neither. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. Going into this episode, I've said it last week. I said it the previous week. Like, I'm interested in seeing what Mira brings to the table for this episode. My appetite for this series is getting smaller and smaller. Now that I've had this sated, I was wondering if after this episode, I'll have a, a strong enough appetite to continue forward. I don't know that I do. Like I'm interested as a, I'm not even interested really in, in terms of critiquing it honestly. Like I, I really don't really that care that much about it. Yeah, well, I mean, it was pretty painful for me to watch this, and I'm not sure I can do more than going forward and just like see how bad it is and how little things bother me. So, so hey, well, so you bring up an interesting point, and actually, that's something I don't think we've really discussed on the podcast yet. And I wanted to get your take on this. In my head, my memory of watching the movies was such a more painful experience than this. And I can't even put my finger on why now. Because I remember very vividly, like, just like, oh, fuck this shit. (laughs) Oh, I took pages and pages of notes, just like, I fucking hate this. I hate every little decision that they're making. Yeah. And this, I I don't feel nearly the same level of anger. And again, that could be that my expectations have been weighted properly after the movie trilogy. Yeah. But I'm now going into this very skeptical immediately, you know? It could just be that. Yeah, I I think we are just desensitized. I mean, at least for me, the case... I mean, I did write on notes every, every you know, like, I don't know, five seconds on this. So, in that way, it's not actually very different from what my viewing experience for the movies was. Uh, also, I'm not sure I did that for the third one. I think I just... But whatever, in any case, yeah, I, I think the movies really uh, desensitize us. Also, I'm not, I'm not sure, like, in a way, this is actually more faithful I think to what Berserk is than the movies were because when I mean I, I honestly don't remember that much of them so I can't speak too much but I remember that the changes they made especially in the first one the abbreviated things and themes and uh, I remember it, I thought they were really just shitting all over it like making a kind of Frankenstein monster that really wasn't Berserk at all so 
this is a true Frankenstein monster, though, between the CG and yeah. the throwing different elements of different scenes and different volumes into this. Yeah. And yet, it, it doesn't offended me nearly as much so far. Anyway. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. You know, I, I truly think uh, we've been desensitized because of the movie. Yeah. To, to be honest, I think I would have to rewatch them to make a more, you know, pointed opinion, but uh, I do not want to do that. You can get them on Steam for $4 per rental. Well, right I now. actually have uh, the blue of the first one, but okay. yeah, it's still uh, wrapped and uh, I don't think I'll unwrap it. Yeah. yeah. It's better that way. So, And I'm not going to buy them and certainly not on Steam. Fuck that. So we have an important decision to make and we have to make this decision together right here, right now on the air. Oh, God. Well, recording in Audacity. Are you ready? Oh, I am. Are you are you going to be back for an episode four podcast? I don't know. I, I guess it will depend. <laughs> oh. let, me, let me make it easy for you. I won't. Yeah, it will. It will depend how angry I am. You know. Okay, so it'll be a solo podcast. Uh, well, you know, if you're not there, I won't do it. But yeah, I mean, I guess it. I don't think. I don't think I will be. I, I think what I might do for those that are still listening, forty minutes into our recording, um, I think I will probably. Watch the whole thing in a couple weeks, and then maybe do an a- after the series ends kind of podcast. I think that makes sense. I don't think it makes much sense for me personally to keep tuning in every Friday <laughs> during work hours. Yeah, to do yeah, this. Yeah, so. true. I mean, I can do that because I'm actually not working right now. But otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't be able to. And yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, yeah, I think a, a post will do for that, and I think. Uh, recap at the end of the series is actually probably the best way to go for that. This one was special because of Mira's involvement but presumably going forward uh, there won't be uh, any such thing if they actually stick yeah. to the you know story. So yeah. Yeah, I think what I'll do is I'll, I'll probably read the, read the posts and reviews people make in the thread and I'll probably watch these you know several weeks from now and kind of recap reach, you know Get back up to yeah. speed, and then we'll do a end of series recording. If that's if that's cool with you, yeah, it is. Actually, I haven't even okay. posted yet in the thread because I don't even know where to start. Yeah, I mean, I finished this episode and then jumped on Skype, so here we are. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, thanks for listening in for this extra long version of our episode three review. Uh, so keep on posting in the thread if you have if you've seen it. Post your thoughts and let us know what you think of the series moving forward. We'll be back in, I guess, a week. Uh, yeah, pretty much a week from now is when we'll be uh, talking about episode 345. And that's so look forward a to that. much more interesting thing to be talking yes, about. Something that, I think it was uh, Johnny Apples was asking me several questions about my thoughts about adaptation. Uh, Berserk, and I said, like, my appetite for these has gotten smaller and smaller with each progressive adaptation. I'd rather just talk about the manga, but given how exciting its position is right now yeah. and here it is it's coming it's right around the corner so yeah you will be hearing more from us about that in the next couple of weeks I, I, so. I guess i am glad that mira spent half an hour writing this bullshit for the end see a little little a little nugget yeah for the anime and you know focused on the manga because that's where the real good stuff is coming yeah so look forward to that and we'll be back ciao